Hello, Saints. Welcome back to the Bible Podcast. Today is June 5th, and we're working through Nehemiah. Today we're reading chapters 7 and 8. Let's go ahead and get started. Nehemiah chapter 7. After the wall was finished and I had set up the doors and the gates, the gatekeepers, singers, and Levites were appointed. I gave the responsibility of governing Jerusalem to my brother Hanani, along with Hananiah, the commander of the fortress, for he was a faithful man who feared God more than most. I said to them, Do not leave the gates open during the hottest part of the day, and even while the gatekeepers are on duty, have them shut and bar the doors. Appoint the residents of Jerusalem to act as guards, everyone on a regular watch. Some will serve at sentry posts and some in front of their own homes. At that time, the city was large and spacious, but the population was small, and none of the houses had been rebuilt. So my God gave me the idea to call together all the nobles and leaders of the city, along with the ordinary citizens, for registration. I had found the genealogical record of those who had first returned to Judah. This is what was written there. Here is the list of the Jewish exiles of the provinces who returned from their captivity. King Nebuchadnezzar had deported them to Babylon, but now they returned to Jerusalem and the other towns in Judah where they originally lived. Their leaders were Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Sariah, Realiah, Nehemani, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispar, Bigvi, Rehum, and Banna. This is the number of the men of Israel who returned from exile. The family of Perish, 2,172. The family of Shephatiah, 372. The family of Era, 652. The family of Pehath Moab, who were the descendants of Jeshua and Joab, 2,818. The family of Elam, 1,254. The family of Zatu, 845. The family of Zakai, 760. The family of Bani, 648. The family of Bibai, 628. The family of Asgad, 2,322. The family of Adonikam, 667. The family of Bigvi, 2,067. The family of Aden, 655. The family of Ater, descendants of Hezekiah, 98. The family of Hashem, 328. The family of Bezai, 324. The family of Jorah, 112. The family of Gebar, 95. From the people of Bethlehem and Netapah, 188. The people of Anatoth, 128. The people of Beth Asmaveth, 42. The people of Kiriath Jerem, Kephirah and Beeroth, 742. The people of Ramah and Geba, 621. The people of Michmash, 122. The people of Bethel and Ai, 123. The people of West Nebo, 52. The citizens of West Elam, 1,254. The citizens of Harim, 320. The citizens of Jericho, 345. The citizens of Lod, Hadid, and Ono, 721. The citizens of Sena'a, 3,930. These are the priests who returned from exile. 
the family of Jediah through the line of Jeshua, 973. The family of Imer, 1,052. The family of Pashur, 1,247. The family of Haram, 1,017. These are the Levites who returned from exile. The families of Jeshua and Kadmiel, descendants of Hodaviah, 74. The singers of the family of Asaph, 148. The gatekeepers of the families of Shalom, Atur, Talman, Akub, Hatita, and Shobai, 138. The descendants of the following temple servants returned from exile. Ziha, Hasufa, Tebaeth, Keros, Sayaha, Padan, Lebanon, Hagabah, Shalmai, Hanan, Gidel, Gehar, Riyah, Rezin, Nakoda, Gazam, Uza, Pasea, Bizai, Meunim, Nefusim, Bakbuk, Hakafa, Harhur, Basluth, Mehida, Harsha, Barkos, Sisera, Tema, Neziah, and Hatifa. The descendants of these servants of King Solomon returned from exile. Sotai, Hasophereth, Peruda, Jela, Darkon, Gidel, Shephatiah, Hatil, Pokrath, Hazabam, and Amy. In all, the temple servants and the descendants of Solomon's servants numbered 392. Another group returned at this time from the towns of Telmila, Telharsha, Kerub, Adan, and Imer. However, they could not prove that they or their families were descendants of Israel. This group included the families of Deliah, Tobiah, and Nakoda, a total of 642 people. Three families of priests, Hobiah, Hakaz, and Barzillai, also returned. This Barzillai had married a woman who was a descendant of Barzillai of Gilead, and he had taken her family name. They searched for their names in the genealogical records, but they were not found, so they were disqualified from serving as priests. The governor told them not to eat the priest's share of food from the sacrifices until a priest could consult the Lord about the matter by using the Urim and Thummim, the sacred laws. So, a total of 42,360 people returned to Judah, in addition to 7,337 servants and 245 singers, both men and women. They took with them 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels, and 6,720 donkeys. Some of the family leaders gave gifts for the work. The governors gave to the treasury 1,000 gold coins, 50 gold basins, and 530 robes for the priests. The other leaders gave to the treasury a total of 20,000 gold coins and some 2,750 pounds of silver for the work. The rest of the people gave 20,000 gold coins, about 2,500 pounds of silver, and 67 robes for the priests. So the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and some of the common people settled near Jerusalem. The rest of the people returned to their own towns through Israel. Nehemiah chapter 8 In October, when the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled with a unified purpose at the square just inside the water gate. They asked Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given for Israel to obey. So on October 8th, Ezra the priest brought the book of the law before the assembly, which included the men and women and all the children old enough to understand. He faced the square just inside the water gate from early morning until noon and read aloud to everyone who could understand. All the people listened closely to the book of the law. 
Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform that had been made for the occasion. To his right stood Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Maziah. To his left stood Padiah, Mishael, Melchizedek, Hashem, Hashbadanah, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Ezra stood on the platform in full view of all the people. When they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, Amen, Amen, as they lifted their hands. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shebathai, Hodiah, Maziah, Kalida, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, and Peliah then instructed the people in the law, while everyone remained in their places. They read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks, and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites, too, quieted the people, telling them, Hush, hush, don't weep, for this is a sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink at a festive meal, to share gifts of food, and to celebrate with great joy because they had heard God's word and understood them. On October 9, the family leaders of all the people, together with the priests and Levites, met with Ezra the scribe to go over the law in greater detail. As they studied the law, they discovered that the Lord had commanded through Moses that the Israelites should live in shelters during the festival to be held that month. He had said that a proclamation should be made throughout their towns in, in Jerusalem, telling the people to go to the hills to get branches from olive, wild olive, myrtle, palm, and other leafy trees. They were to use these branches to make shelters in which they would live during the festival, as prescribed in the law. So the people went out and cut branches and used them to build shelters on the roofs of their houses, in their courtyards, in the courtyards of God's temple, or in the squares just inside the water gate and the Ephraim gate. So everyone who had returned from captivity lived in these shelters during the festival, and they were all filled with great joy. The Israelites had not celebrated like this since the days of Joshua, son of Nun. Ezra read from the book of the law of God on each of the seven days of the festival. Then on the eighth day they held a solemn assembly, as was required by law. Let's talk about the centrality of God's word. In the fall of 445 BC, Nehemiah finished rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. Just five days later, on the first day of the seventh month, the settlers in Judah came together to celebrate the festival of trumpets. During and after the festival, Ezra read from the law, and as the people listened, they mourned and wept, for they realized they had not obeyed God's law. They confessed their sins, studied God's word to learn what was required, and obeyed what they learned. The book of the Law of Moses transformed Jewish life and social behavior during Ezra's and Nehemiah's ministries in Judea. These events provide a dramatic reminder that God's word is central to the lives of his people. God's word provides the essential guide to life or death, and his promises prove true.
God's word was written in stone and was to be taught to children, worn on the hands and forehead, and written on the doorpost so that people would constantly be reminded of what God had said. God's instructions were to be read to the people every seven years so that people would remember to fear God. Success depends on meditating on God's word and following it. Obedience was far more important than giving a sacrifice. God's word is perfect. It has the power to restore, make wise, and give joy. Godly individuals love God's word. It sheds light on their paths and keeps them from sin. God's word accomplishes its purpose and remains relevant forever. Amen. Looking back in recent history, words have dramatic effect. On June 5, 1851, Harriet Beecher Stowe's Uncle Tom's Cabin appeared as a serial in an anti-slavery Washington, D.C. newspaper. Stowe wrote the book to criticize slavery, which she considered a national sin. She hoped that her novel would help bring slavery to an early and peaceful end. However, the book increased the hostility of many Northerners towards the South. Southerners, on the other hand, considered Stowe's description of slavery inaccurate. They called the book an insult and an injustice. Historians believe the bitter feelings aroused by Uncle Tom's Cabin helped ignite the bloody Civil War. The words at the Watergate in Nehemiah's day also had a nation-shaking effect. Nehemiah gathered all Israel to hear words, not just any words, but God's word. Ezra read from the book of the Law of Moses. This was probably the Pentateuch, Torah, or some part of it. While Ezra read, others helped by giving the sense so that people understood the reading. This probably included translating the Hebrew scripture into Aramaic, the commonly spoken language. And as the people listened to God's word, they began to weep and repent. This resulted in a wonderful revival that swept throughout the land. Looking out, we all need help in better understanding God's word. Ezra read the word of God to the people and appointed godly teachers to help explain its meaning to them. God's word gives light, shows us how to walk so we will not stumble and fall. The people wept as they heard the word. Nehemiah reminded them it was for correction. God's word brings joy, not sorrow. Nehemiah told the people not to weep but rejoice for God's word would keep them from those things that kept them from God. The more we know God, the happier we are. The Israelites celebrated with great joy because they now understood the plans God had for them. God's word helps us know the kind of worship our Lord desires. The Israelites learned about the Feast of Tabernacles through reading God's word and rushed to observe it. Let's pray. Help me, Lord, to always love your word, for it will keep me from what displeases you. Let me not only read your word, but help me to share it with others. That takes me right to James chapter 1, verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. In Jesus' name, folks, looking forward to being with you tomorrow as we uh, continue through Nehemiah, reading chapters 9 through 11.